Uh, thank you so much for responding so quickly. That was uh, very, very nice of you. Uh, it uh, it worked out actually. It uh, it worked out. So I'm uh, I'm glad we have the chance to chat. And I'm I'm glad too because every, all of this is still fresh in my mind. So I'm I'm in the best place to talk about it. It's also it's unusual but cool for me to be able to do like a listener call without someone having to wait for months. So uh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Oh, your, yeah. your persistence paid off. Just like I said, but <laughs> I didn't even have to persist too much. So that's very nice. Uh, uh, I did tweet you and then I, I saw you responded to my email. I don't even know if you saw the tweet. So I deleted the tweet because anyway, here we are. So, um, right, do you want to read, audio? uh, do you want to just read your, your message and we'll take it from there? Yeah. Just, uh, is my audio okay? Or yeah, I just want to yeah, make sure it's, sure it's Okay, yeah, let me, um, let me pull up the message. Okay, so I'll read it. I said, um, I'll make this brief. I have to talk to you. I'm at a point in my life where I must decide the type of person I want to be. I can either carry on with the momentum of history or I can decide to be a different kind of person. I am desperate. I write that abstractly to catch your attention because I know you must get so many emails and I don't know how else to communicate the desperation I feel psychologically and spiritually right now. I will be more specific. For the first time in my life, I'm 27, I met a woman who is virtuous. Before I met her, I did not fully grasp what you meant when you described a virtuous woman, how intuitive they are, and how they seem to have a sixth sense, a sixth sense for detecting a, a real character flaws. Uh, the woman I've met is exactly like that. She has shed a light on the way I am living that has jolted me into these feelings of desperation. We are both Christians, and to speak as a Christian for a moment, she has shown me aspects of myself which are deeply sinful and incompatible with living a sustainable life of virtue. If I want to be with a woman like her, if I want to live a virtuous life and have a good family, I need to get rid of um, these aspects of myself. There is no other option. My question is, how can I radically transform myself so I can be worthy of a good woman? That's quite a confession and quite a tale, and I can, I can sort of feel the blood of Christ pouring through <laughs> your veins in this kind of revelation, so... Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll keep. I'll just call you Bob. It's not your real name, so I'll just call you Bob to keep you more anonymous. So um, hopefully, sure. you can feel more comfortable sharing some of the more challenging aspects of that conversation with the woman. Uh, so, tell me a little bit about how you met and what struck you as virtuous about her. So, very simply, I met her on a Christian dating app. Um, before we met, we had been communicating via email for maybe a month, and she was very reluctant to meet me because um, she was uh, sort of coming off a, a strange time in her life and going through some things herself. And she sort of had the sense even back then that maybe I might not be sort of as mature as she is or... You mean sort of um, she was in a bad relationship? Is that is that what you mean? Uh, no, a very strange, just a very strange situation with her figuring out sort of the nature of reality and things like this. She she sort of okay, she's so going look. If it's philosophical, time. you could get a smidge more detailed, right? It's not like there are any um, demons in that aspect of the closet, right? Uh, she was reading a lot of Carl Jung and connecting things with Christianity, and it was a very strange time. I think she had a friend who. Uh, she had a, a very strange relationship with that she didn't totally understand. This all happened a few months before she met me. Um, but this is it's not exactly relevant to the issues she's having with me. Yeah, uh, just, well, just by the by, you know, I mean, Jung can be a bit of a reality dissolver. Because yeah, Jung, Jung focuses so deep on the unconscious that you feel like the world is a pale reflection of the treasures and wonders and worlds within your mind. 
and yeah. I mean, I, I get all of that. I mean, if if you look at I don't know Lord of the Rings or or you know then then someone can create a whole world out of their unconscious, out of their mind, right? So there are worlds and powers and depth and beauty and terror in the unconscious. But Jung is like, you know, I kind of like like the pearl diver, you know, like you 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 grit your teeth, you go down, you get what you need for the unconscious, you work with it, but then you got to come back up, man. Whereas Jung is like, we'll live down here. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just stay down here. And, and you know, we, we can watch the world go by from the ripples far overhead. And he really just kind of suck you down to a very deep place, which is fine. Yeah. Got, I mean, I think it's great, but it's, uh, it's a, it's a one way staircase, man. Like you climb down and it's one of these horrible things where you climb down using this rope ladder and you get to the bottom and you step off the rope ladder and then you've got a big pile of rope ladder at your feet. Cause the whole thing, damn, <laughs> the whole damn thing came down after you. So anyway, I just wanted yeah, to she, mention she that I kind of get where she's coming from. Yeah. She, she's a very deep thinker, which is one of the reasons why I like her so much. And she's very, um, She's very educated about these sorts of things, um, and she sort of went into young, and it, uh, it sort of had the effect that you mentioned, sort of scrambled her worldview, and she sort of had to recreate it, and it was just a very jarring experience for her, and she's going through a lot with her um, uh, with her education and her career, and so it's, a, it's just a, a transitioning period for her, so she's just in a strange place. Um, but further than that, she was reluctant to meet me because... Um, through our texts, she started to get the sense that maybe I might not be um, as mature in all the ways that she needs uh, someone to be if she's going to be serious with them. And she's someone who wants to be serious with someone. Um, so, but we did. <laughs> okay, so, so you were going to be very abstract with me in this oh, I'm call, sorry. right? And, I know and, I, I don't intend to be. I'm just trying to summarize it. No, no, don't don't but, summarize, man. <laughs> this, okay, it, it, go go deep, and if I okay. if I need us to come up for air, I'll I'll let you know. So, what was going on with her friend? Um, I I think she had this um, female friend who she had a very strange relationship with that seemed to have sexual and romantic uh, either undertones or overtones. And she was very confused by it because typically she considers herself to be heterosexual and um, she's a Christian and all that. So, Although um, young, young girls are getting a lot of go explore propaganda yeah. these days and but, uh it's uh i don't know that it's uh, all too healthy um and all that yeah but. and and she she decided the same thing so she cut it off with that um friend of hers but it, it was very jarring for her because they were close and so she was coming out of that but she did cut it off with her because she acknowledged it was unhealthy and the friend was somewhat manipulative and her, her the friend was one of these like sort of um socio not sociopathic but sort of cold distant um play with your emotions kind of people. And so it very, it very much confused her and she didn't like it. And she, she ended it with that friend, which I thought was a very good sign because it means, well, she doesn't want that type of person. Right, um, right. And yeah, so that's what was going on with her. It's friend. usually, it's usually like the people who've faced down some kind of moral challenge in their life and succeeded, you know, th those are the people that you kind of want around, right? Because there's all this thing, oh, I'm going to be so innocent. So those people, they usually get scooped up by evil like a, a worm with a kid looking to go fishing, right? And and so you want to see people who've kind of faced down that darkness and made their yeah. choices. I mean, this is a Christian thing too, right? That if you've danced with the devil, uh, you know the music and you can steer clear. 
of the next party. So, yeah, and that's that's going to be a theme in this conversation is that she um, very much resists the dancing with the devil, and she thinks that I do some of that. And right, she's no, I get right that. I get that. That's why I'm bringing yeah. it up because I I get that yeah. she's got concerns about you, and uh, I just wanted to get a sense of where she was in the mapping out of problematic yeah. behaviors and so on. Okay, got it. Got it. Yeah. So I'm 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 sorry if I was abstract. Uh, I'll, I'll be more specific. Yeah, no, no problem. No. No problem. No, because um, most people like to stick with abstractions, and and I get it's a philosophy show and all that. But uh, you know, we have to build. Uh, in, in order to build beauty, we need material. You, you want a nice house, you need some bricks. So let's start with the bricks. All right. So you've chatted back and forth with her for about a month before she met you. Is she far away? Uh, no, but um, she's uh, in medical school, so she was sort of in the middle of a lot of exams and things like that. So she sort of said. Um, well, uh, initially we texted a little bit and almost immediately she said she got the sense that it wasn't going to work out. Um, I said, well, I, I said pretty much, how do you know that? We just had a brief text conversation and she told me some reasons why. Um, and the reason she told me was, um, uh, based on how I was typing, I used a curse word and it was all kind of silly to me. And I think she... May, it, may be, it may or may not have been silly of her. Maybe that was her intuition. But she later emailed me and she said she thought she overreacted and she's sorry because she was going through a lot. And we sort of exchanged emails about... Damn, see, now that's quality right there. Like, and and I, I just want I to agree. pause on this. Yeah. That's quality, man, right there. I agree. Because yeah. there's someone, right? She, she does something. And she reflects on it afterwards. Yeah. She reflects yeah. on it afterwards, right? I mean, so yeah. when I was 15, I think I was, I spent a summer in Newfoundland in, in St. John's and, and other places because a friend of mine, a friend of my father's was a marine biologist out there and we just roamed all over the place and it was really, really cool. And I remember spending an entire day swimming in the uh, Atlantic Ocean in like crazy cold weather. And I was driving with, or his daughter was, was driving me. We were going someplace with some friends in the car and, you know, it's, it's, pitch black in the way that country nights tend to be or country lanes tend to be and there was a thump and we were like mm. we were in a hurry we wanted to get to a party and it was like ah could be something could be nothing <laughs> you know so you try and make up this stuff like oh i'm sure you know like rocks don't just roll into the car like we, we hit something right so anyway we had a debate about it and you know, we all agreed, well, we can't really go and enjoy the party if we think, right? So we went back, and unfortunately, we'd hit a cat in the dark. And so we had to then go and find the owner, and uh, the cat was was dead, and uh, there was no chance. Like, the cat just jumped, you know, in, in the way that animals occasionally do. Uh, it just jumped out, hit uh, the car hit. And, and, you know, it was a drag, but, of course, we couldn't just leave a cat out there dead for the owner to find at some point. So we, we had to knock on a bunch of houses in this middle of nowhere, like a really remote area, and we did eventually uh, find the owner and uh, expressed our condolences and gave our sympathies and, and so on. And, you know, that was the evening, right? We, we then just went and got coffee or something <laughs> because we couldn't really go to a party after that. <laughs> so the reason I'm saying all of this is this ridiculously long-winded, as usual, way of saying that most people don't turn back. Yeah. Most people, it's like, boom, right? So you've got two types of people, the people who obsess about it but don't turn back. And then it, they never let it go. The people who don't give a crap and just keep driving, and then the people who turn back and deal with the situation in a reasonably responsible 
manner. And so what happened was, I'm just pointing this out more to the audience than to you, right? But the, this woman, she reflected upon her own behavior and she compared her behavior to a standard of morality or a standard of interaction that she had, right? That is a beautiful thing. That is someone you can already begin to trust because somebody who's self-reflective and is willing to come back and say, mm, yeah, it's a bit strong there. I do apologize. Uh, let's, let's give it another go. Uh, that's someone yeah. who is self-regulating, right? Self-regulating. In other words, she's not expecting the world to regulate her own emotions, but she's willing to look at her own emotions, compare them to ideal standards, which means she has free will, real free will, and she's not expecting you to manage her emotions. In other words, when she's upset, she's going to ask herself, am I being reasonable, rather than, well, you made me upset, you know, all of this triggered yeah. modern garbage uh, that's, I don't know, just, just terrible and, and wrong and, and false and manipulative and controlling and fundamentally totalitarian. If you can't control your own feelings, you end up having to control everyone around you forever and ever on amen. So I just wanted to sort of point that out. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I just got so many green flags from her like that. And so it went like, uh, it went like that. She emailed me. She actually sought out my but what, email. What, sorry to interrupt. What was, she, yeah. what was she circling back for? I mean, because unfortunately, in the analogy, you were the dead cat. So I'm sorry that, that I just realized <laughs> that now. That is not a very flattering thing. I apologize um, for that. It's just. But so, what was she? So, so there must have been something her? that had her circle back for you, right? Um, I'm not exactly sure. It could be because after she, so we had our brief text conversation, and uh, I think that day I was, I was, I had a very bad day that day. Um, I was, I'm having some trouble with my thesis advisor that day, and. Um, I was dealing with my unruly neighbors who keep accusing me of things that aren't true. So I was sort of complaining to her about it, right? That mm. was what she on sort on of, which round of texting with this girl when you complain about your this life. This was the first one. So, oh yeah, man, really? Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you I know, know, I know. Put a put on a happy face a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't care if you've uh, got gas when you've got the job interview. Yeah. Don't talk about your gas. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Well, it was it was sort of like, "How are you doing?" kind of thing, and I'm like, "Well, not very good." <laughs> um, but right. uh, yeah. So, um, uh, so at the end of that conversation, she said basically, "Yeah, I don't think it's going to work out." And I said, "Well, how do you know that after one conversation?" And she I told me the reason you. why. How are you doing, man? I got this weird little wart on my inner thigh. Can I send you a photo? <laughs> aren't, you in, aren't you in med school? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go on. Yeah. So I said, "How do you know that after one conversation?" She's like, "Oh, you know uh, these reasons." And, she, and I said, "I, I said basically, I, okay, I can see where you're coming from. Um, I'm not going to try to convince you. Otherwise, I don't want to argue with your intuitions." That's what I said because, I, again, I was having a bad day. I'm not about to have some. I'm not about to chase some girl that I just matched with on a dating website. So I said, eh, "Maybe you're right. Um, uh, you should trust your intuitions." And then a few days later, she had found my email because I think she deleted my number, but she found my email address and she emailed me and she said, you know, I was thinking about it um, um, and uh, maybe I did overreact. Uh, maybe she didn't overreact. I, it wasn't the best uh, first impression, like, like you said. Are you, um, uh, are you, I have to ask this question. She's not on the, on the phone. No. Are you a good looking guy? Um, I'm a decent looking guy. I'm, One to I'm ten. Not, what are we? What are we working with here? I think uh, six to seven, depending on whose type I am. You know, I have a sort of baby face, so that would shape it. If, oh, if you, I'm someone you've type, got Neotony yeah. working for you. Okay, well, it's better for women yeah, than for boys, yeah. but all right. Um, yeah. So it, 
Um, I th- so you asked why would she circle back? Um, I think it might have been because um, at, during that conversation, I, the only thing – sorry, um, I'm tripping over my words here. Uh, we didn't just talk about my bad day. We, t- we talked about a bunch of other stuff, and we realized we had a lot in common, okay. uh, na- namely um, sort of philosophy, Christianity. Obviously, we met on a Christian dating app, but she's very interested in philosophy um, both have an interest in neuroscience. Carl Jung, we're both interested in. Uh, both Peterson oh, fans and right. Jordan Peterson, and uh, I thought those were all what pretty. Do you think, um, uh, what do you optimistic think of this? Uh, sorry to interrupt. This total tangent. Yeah. I bookmarked it in my brain. What do you think of this rehab situation? Oh, the with with Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Um, it's tough. Um, you know, I I can't imagine what it's like to to have someone that you love so dearly's life um threatened i mean he's known her forever since they were kids and i think i don't i don't know if he's the best at dealing with his anxieties and his in his depression issues i think unfortunately he um he ended up on some medication that's very addictive and i would know that because i just had a, a problem with anxiety last month and i took a few benzos and they're they're pretty magic. I can see how you can get addicted to that very quickly. Magic? How? What? What was your experience? They just took away the anxiety. Like, like I had, poof, like just gone. Um, within an hour, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. And for people who struggle with anxiety, right? I mean, that's like yeah. you're getting a real so, monkey off your back. And right? it's ve- it's very addictive because when I was when I took a few, I'm I was concerned about it. I'm like, wait, wait, you mean a very... few like spaced out, not like a few at once? Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't have a problem. With, I never had a problem with benzos, but I was concerned about it because I'm like, this is very powerful. There's, there must be something. There must be some cash. So I, you know, I <laughs> looked up the, 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 the subreddit for it, and there are people on there like who, who are saying, you know, I'd rather be addicted to cocaine. Right? It's a very powerful um, drug, and the withdrawal symptoms are apparently uh, very powerful. And so I, I think. I got emails. I think, Honestly, I, after I tweeted about it, I got emails from people who were like, "Oh man, like they left me suicidal for days trying to get off this stuff." Like it's really, uh, yeah. Bad. So I think it's probably for the best that he went to uh, rehab because getting off that stuff. It sounded like he tried to quit cold turkey after he found out that his wife was going to be okay, and that didn't really work out for him. But um, don't they? I mean, I don't know if you've, you've. I mean, don't the doctors say, you know, careful, this stuff is dicey, and, and don't take too much of it. Don't take it for too long, kind of thing. I honestly, I don't know because um, I wasn't prescribed it. I I got some from my mom, who uses them on occasion. She doesn't have a problem with them either. She'll use them once in a while as sort of like a last resort sort of thing, and that's how I used it too. So I, I don't really know what the doctors tell you when they prescribe them, but yeah, I mean, I think they're supposed to be used. I think that they're supposed to be used for stuff like uh, if you have panic attacks and you got to get on an airplane, you can use it for like the airplane trip kind of thing. Yeah, know. it's not. It's not a. I don't, as far as I understand it, you know, I'm not a doctor, obviously, but as far as I understand it, it's not supposed to be. You know, here's how you manage your anxiety for the next six months. Yeah. Um, I I don't know, but then again, uh, I think he has a he has a history of those sorts of issues. And I, I don't, it's hard to put myself in that situation because, you know, if your wife who you've known since a kid is potentially dying, maybe I would do it too. I, and she, I she was traveling with him too, right? I mean, as far as I, like with his tours and all of that, she was traveling yes. with him and uh, yeah. obviously they have a, a very close relationship. And 
yeah, I mean, it's a hell of a thing. And I, you know, I massively sympathize with, with that kind of news and all of that. Yeah. But, uh, I, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's, to me, it's not causal from the, the diagnosis, right? His wife's terrifying diagnosis and, and the, the subsequent no, it's not health causal. issues. Uh, it's just, I just wanted, I, the way it was reported was like, well, he's in rehab because he took benzos because his wife was facing death, right? I mean, and it's like... Yeah, that's definitely a... That's, that's, not, definitely that's not causal, a, right? Yeah. There is still choice in there. And, and that's sort of, you know, I got some flack on Twitter for sort of, you know, like, gosh, I mean, and I would assume he knows about this stuff. I mean, he's talked about... Yeah, I know they're would, not specific psychotropics, so, yeah. but uh, he's talked about, you know, mind-altering, mind-saving mental health issue drugs forever. I assume he knows all about this stuff. Uh, so anyway, I have yeah. just a lot of sympathy, but I just didn't want... To leave this impression, people say, well, you know, you get really bad like news like that, then you got to take this stuff, and then you end up, you know, rehab, and it's like this. Yeah, you got to be careful with it. Yeah, yeah. The guy has a lot of demons, and uh, I don't don't think he's um, as put together as as, um, people might assume, and neither do I think he pretends to be. I think he's been very (laughs) honest with his problems. um. So it really comes as no surprise to me if this would happen, but I, I do hope he gets better soon. Oh, well, I'm sure he will. I mean, he's, he's a man of yeah. un, un, obviously uncommon intellect and willpower. And I assume that he's in the best hands possible. I mean, he's a, I think he's at a rehab facility in New York. And uh, I just, you know, his wife had to flee to the States like I did to kind of save her life. And uh, yeah, he's, now he's that. doing rehab in New York. And it's like, I just hope he turns his attention to the deficiencies in the socialist healthcare system in Canada. That would be, to me, uh, it would be a harsh lesson yeah. to learn, but it would be important. And if he does, right, because, you know, one of the reasons I talk about the evils of socialized medicine is like, oh, it's fine for Jordan Peterson. You know, I mean, not fine, but, you know, he's got the resources. He's very wealthy now, right? So he can fly his wife all over and get the best care and he can check into a private rehab facility. It's like, your average trucker in you know Cornwall, Ontario, is not going to have those kinds of resources, and he's kind of stuck with the system that uh, I don't know does not appear, from what I've heard, does not appear to have done his wife a great deal of good, so or himself uh, for that right. matter. So, all right, sorry, I just wanted to uh, just since you no, mentioned okay. Peterson, it, it is interesting. Right? I'm I, I'm actually, you know, it's pretty fun to talk with you about that, yeah, yeah. Um, exchanging thoughts about something we both uh, know about. Um, anyway, um, I forget okay, where I was. Okay, so, so sorry, so, we, were, we were with, um, uh, with yes. the girl, and she's back with you, so she circles back to you, and how old is she? She's my age, so she's 27, too. And how close is she to finishing med school? Uh, pretty much almost done. And then she goes into, uh, what, she, she gets she the job? To, yeah, she, apparently, there's like a matching process, which is some sort of sci-fi hellhole where you apply to all these places and some algorithm sets you up with a place and you're, you're sort of, uh, stuck with whatever they match you to. And, and that's a, that's an issue for a potential relationship too. But, and we both well, know she's also going to, isn't it just, uh, the, 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 the internship, right. Or whatever that's called. I'm sorry. For some residency. Reason, residency. I couldn't remember the word for someone. Yeah. But, uh, that's, I mean, that's pretty brutal, uh, not just on yeah. relationships, but on just your yeah. life. I mean, isn't this the crazy, like, well, you can't be a trucker on the road for eight hours, but you sure as hell can diagnose people after 30 hours with no sleep. And it's like, I've never, I've never <laughs> understood. This is like, this yeah. is the most insane system that you could set up, but that's what she might be facing, right? Yeah. And, uh, she's, wor- she was worried about that too, because she, she was, she's kept telling to me, well, I don't know if you can handle that or. I don't know if you want to handle that. And the way you I saw it was... You won't see her, right? I mean, she, you won't see her. Yeah. For, but the I way don't know I how kept, long it is for, but... 
the way I kept seeing it is if I meet someone of enough value, then that would be worth enduring. That's how I saw it. Mm, right, right. Um, and I kept thinking of calls that you had where people have circumstances that keep them apart and, and you're like, well, why don't you just move or why don't you just do this? And people were like, well, I can't just do that. But my thinking is, well, I guess if you meet someone who's valuable enough, then yeah, you just move. Just make it work. Well, I mean, if you love her and she loves you in time, right? You get married, you just and you just go and support her during that process. Yeah. So I was thinking that. I, I was thinking, well, it's worth exploring, and if it turns out that we're very good for each other, then I could be willing to do that, right? Because that's that seems like the the right thing to do if you meet someone of high enough value. And um, does she but, want kids? Yes. And when would she want to have kids? Um, well, she's aware that her biological clock is a thing, so I would assume within within the next, you know, some amount of time. <laughs> I don't know, honestly. <laughs> okay, that's, that's between now and the end of the universe, <laughs> assuming it's not tomorrow and uh, he returns in all his assume, glory, right? If I have to assume... Um, I, I don't really want to assume, but I, I think if I was her, I would probably say sometime between now and like early 30. I'm uh, sorry, not now, but um, sometime between like the end of residency would, would seem like a rational time and then early 30, something, something like that. She's still only 27, so she still has some time. And does she want to stay home with the kids or, or would she go back to work or do you have any thoughts about that? Um, she, have you talked about that at all? I, I haven't talked about it mostly because I can only assume she would go back to work. Um, maybe perhaps she would stay home during the early years or during some time period, but because I mean, it's um, just it's a frustrating I, yeah. thing. Just, it's a frustrating thing. And I, I'm sorry for like, blech, you know, but, uh, um, yeah, I it's know, like, I know. you know what it is, right? Like, so she's now poured, well, society has now poured, you know, I guess, what, 15, uh, 13, 12 years of, of school uh, and then, you know, another seven or eight years for her to become a doctor and another year or two of this uh, right residency. And then it's like, oh, man, sorry, I got to have some babies. <laughs> and it's like, oh, man, yeah. that's great. Yeah, no. yeah, who needs health care? You know, it's fine. But the question around yeah. work is important, right? Because... It is. It, it, is she gonna? Is she gonna breastfeed, which is good for the babies on just about every conceivable level, and recommended is just sort of eighteen months, as far as I understand it. So, uh, what, what's she gonna? She gonna stay home? And if she's not gonna stay home, how are the kids gonna breastfeed? Are you gonna stay home? If neither are you gonna, if neither of you are gonna stay home, then who's I mean, gonna raise your children? Personally, I, I would stay home if I was with her and she was a doctor. I would stay home. Right. Right. Yeah. And um, I mean that can that can be cool. That can be cool. I, yeah. I speak from experience. That that can be. That could be cool, but still, I mean, the breastfeeding is something that needs to be worked yeah, out. I guess she can uh, she, pump in the toilet or something. Yeah, she's very, she's very open to good arguments. So, if I made her aware of the importance of breastfeeding, if she's not aware already, she she may be aware already. Um, I'm sure she would make it work. Um, but in terms of the staying home, uh, I can't imagine that she would go through this just to quit her career. So I, I would. Well, not I was forever, her, right? I mean, you yeah. Know, if you have a couple of kids, it's sort of you know five, seven years kind of thing. This yeah. almost sounds like a jail sentence. You know, <laughs> being sentenced to baby duty for you're in baby jail for five to seven years or whatever. Yeah. So I mean, if I was with her, I would, I would, I would definitely be open to staying home. But um, I, I do want to circle back to the whole timeline thing, just so you can get an idea. Unless, unless you think that's uh, not worth doing. 
hey, man, you're you're an equal participant in this conversation. <laughs> if you want to do it, well, no, <laughs> whatever you want. Man. Well, I don't know. You have more experience with the conversation. So no, no, go. Maybe. If it's important okay. to you, it's important to me. Um, right. So she emailed me after after that, and she said, um, well, here were my concerns. This is what I was thinking, but uh, maybe I overreacted, and uh, maybe we can meet after my test, which is at which is at the end of August, right? This, this, this conversation was at the beginning of August. Um, so she said, well, we can meet at the end of August. So I said, okay, no problem. We'll meet at the end of August. Um, and then I got another email from her, um, a, a while later saying, Hey, um, I did some research on you and this, I, to me, the, some people might say this sounds stalkerish. I think it was prudent of her. She just looked me up on a few social media sites because She's serious. She wants to know, is this guy worth... This is why I'm so glad I'm not in the dating world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> so, she, so she's like, I, I, uh, I saw your Spotify. I'm, I'm not sure about some of your music choices and among other things. And she's like, well, I kind of changed my mind. I hope that's okay. I hope you don't feel bad. And I said, you know what? I, again, I'm not about to chase after someone at this stage. I'm like, if that's how you feel, we won't meet. Uh, and then she circles wait, back again. Wait, wait, why, why, uh, why are you not? Why are you not? I mean, did you not care that much about her? Or at this stage, I barely know her, so it's like I just matched with this girl, and she's going back and forth. To me, I'm like, you know, I can take it or leave it. I didn't really know her at that stage, so. And at this point, I'm kind of past chasing people if I don't think they're worth it. And at that point, I didn't know she was worth it. I think the pendulum may have swung a little. Um, yeah. <laughs> now you're like, how can I get this girl? Okay, that's yeah. fine. No, I was just wondering where you were at because uh, if the woman is is of, of quality, then you know you you don't just say, well, you know, make your own choices. I mean, obviously she can make her own choices, but you get well, in there that, and you you point, fight for her, right? At, at that point, I also thought like it's a little strange that she's so wishy washy. Uh, she did explain that to me, and um, she and did, did give she her say? reasons. Oh, she said, you know, I saw some of your social media, like maybe we're not spiritually on the same level because she saw my Spotify and I guess I listened to some music that isn't, uh, it's not exactly Christian. I listen to a lot of music. I mean, what are we talking here? Honestly, Crimson? I mean, where where, where are we at the levels here? Nothing so bad, just a lot of secular music, some of which is... King Kurt, sorry, King Kurt. I was thinking of King Kurt. No, like Billie Eilish is... Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. But Um, still, still, some things with lyrics that are um, not exactly Christian appropriate. So I guess we say that. So she said, maybe we're not on the same level and I don't want to, you know, waste anyone's time. So again, I said, you know, fine. And then she emailed me again and she said, you know, this is bothering me. I I keep... um, doing this and i'm sorry about it but um something tells me maybe i overreacted again and then i I basically said i I told her this is very strange to me i'm like you haven't even met me maybe you should meet me before you making all these assumptions about how bad or not i am and she agreed and and then we eventually met and we had a a very good first date and we had uh some good dates after that and yeah so that was the, the beginning timeline i think does that uh, yeah yeah and, that? and how so she said uh, it was the end of August that she could meet you so um, did you meet before then or uh, yeah I met we met around like the second to last week of August okay 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 got it um, so we had a, a good few first dates um, now do you have any questions or should I continue no I'm I'm good uh, if, if there's new new stuff on the timeline looming up in the 
Yeah. In the front, uh, then let's let's uh, so, switch so on the headlights. Where, this is where um, she um, started to get wary of me again, and probably, maybe, maybe, or probably for good reason. Right? Browse her history. So, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so I had her over um, my house. I, I didn't do anything inappropriate with her. So, because I'm a Christian too, I, I'm not about to do that. But uh, she did meet my best friend and. Um, my best friend d did not make a good first impression on her and my, my roommate and my best friend, I should clarify. So he's my roommate and he's my best friend. Um, so he did not make a very good first impression. He curses a lot. He's very crude. And, uh, she, she thought, well, if this guy's his best friend, um, maybe that's not so, maybe that's not such a good sign. Right. And 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 honestly, that was a green flag for me because I'm thinking back to all the times you talk about this. And that's sort of what I meant by my opening message, right? How intuitive she is, right? She She's just making these connections naturally. Whereas now, other did girls... You tell, sorry, did you tell your friend I'm bringing over a nice Christian girl? Um, I'm trying to remember if I did. I definitely right. told why, her. Why I, is your friend ring, ring, ring blocking you? In, I definitely told him I was bringing over a girl. I'm trying to remember if I told him she was Christian. I don't, I don't, I, th I think I might have, but I probably didn't make it explicit enough. But, but even if I did tell him that, um, that is the way he is. So it would have came out eventually, even if he was. Very, that, you know, hang on, hang on. What do you mean that is the way he is? Does he have that's a job? How he, uh, no, yeah, he has a job. Sure. Yeah. Does, does he regularly cuss at his job? No. <laughs> oh, look. We found an alternative way of being. Uh, yes, but I, what I'm saying is, even if he was well behaved the first time, eventually, that's how his behavior is, and, and to be frank, oh, that's I how my that. behavior is that. around him. No, so listen, I get all of problem. that. I get yeah. that. I get that. But you know, you've 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 had a job. I'm sure you've called in sick, but you don't call sick for the job interview. Uh, you don't call sick for the job interview. Yeah, over time, you know, you can let down your guard a little, right? <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's impossible to be a married man without passing audible gas from time to time, but you don't do it on the first date, right? Yeah. I mean, it, he, it's not like he was being over, like incredibly offensive or anything, but he just, you know, he drops a lot of F-bombs and, and things like that, and she didn't like that. So, uh, she's yeah, very but, but he's just, I mean... I don't know. It's just odd to me. I mean, I have a complicated relationship with swearing, so I, I want to get into all of that. But, yeah, I mean, if this is a girl you like, then he should find out what kind of girl she is before he starts dropping F-bombs on her. I mean, that's just a basic. I know he's not you're the right. direct host, but he's like a part host. You, know, you're you, right. you have you're people right. over to your house and, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you, you don't put on a tux, but you're not in sweats, right? You're right. He's, he's not the best socially. Um, but uh, you're right. You're right about that. Um, but, you know, that's what happened. So Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but the question is, uh, I mean, I'd just sit down and talk with him and say, okay, like we got to, we got to, as your friend, right? Because this is going to limit him in his life, right? Yeah. So if he's your best friend and you care about him, as I'm sure you do, and you want him to have a good life, as I'm sure you do, then you have to sit down and not give him the excuse of, well, this is just who he is. He's being authentic. It's like, come on. You know, there, there are social yeah. niceties that are important and he just can't be dropping f-bombs around new people i mean this once you get to know people and if you know it's okay with them then fine right but 
yeah. You're right. But I, this I, is, I, you know, if you're a friend, right, and you, you gotta you gotta help them through this, like whatever this is, right? Yeah. So th- I mean, that was just one thing, but uh, it is a big one for her because I'm. She she kept. Well, um, it was the first thing, right? You swore in the text message. Uh yes, yes. Right. So you knew. See, here's the thing too. This is my sort of question, because uh, I'm trying to sort of get myself into her pumps, so to speak, right? And and so I'm sitting there thinking, okay, well, this guy, he knows I don't like cursing. And his best friend curses like a sailor who just hit his balls with a hammer, right? Accidentally. Yeah. And so that would be that would be a red flag for me if I were in her situation, right? Because yeah, I, I you know you sit you, you sit there and say to your friend, "Hey, you know this girl does not like swearing." So you know, do me a favor, do me a solid, brother, and <laughs> you know, cool it on the uh, uh, the uh, asterisks, yeah. so You're to right. speak, right? But I you didn't do done. that, right? Yeah, yeah I should have. Yeah. So, the, I mean, I'm just, you because know, you're mistakes asking me. Mistakes were made. You're, no, you're, you're, <laughs> <laughs> mistakes were made. Oh, there's a grad student. Um, but, uh, no, this is, because uh, you, you, you know, you're asking me the basic question is, okay, how to become a better person for this great woman, right? Well, this yeah. is one way, which is you take lessons from the past and you move them into the future, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Just because I'm with her on this one. Like, she, uh, you, so know, you know she doesn't like swearing and you've got this casomatic roommate right or best friend right so that means that either you haven't processed that she doesn't like it enough to tell him or you told him and he doesn't care or whatever right but somehow she ends up even though she told you i don't like swearing she ends up back in the presence of swearing again right yeah so i'm with you and i'm with her okay Um, not with hillary but with the the, um yeah so that was it is it is a red flag and that's sort of the problem is that i'm giving off all these red flags Uh, i'm giving off a lot of green flags too by her admission but also some red flags that are very concerning for her. Well, that's the um, problem, right? Because if you weren't giving off any green flags, she wouldn't be in any danger with the red flags, right? Yeah, and and, uh, and she's she's told me like she I'm one of the I'm one of the only people that she's even seen this much. Usually, she won't go past the first date. So she always assures me that you know there's many many great things about me, but she has a lot of reservations, and I understand where they're coming from, and that's why I'm calling you. Right, right, right. And what are you taking in school, my friend? I'm in neuroscience. Ah. Uh-huh. And your job path? Uh, right now I'm teaching um, as an adjunct in college, but um, I'm thinking of going into clinical psychology, but I'm not entirely sure. And what do you make um, teaching as an adjunct in a college? What's your gross? Uh, not not too much, but I do support myself and I live... Uh, you I have a roommate. And I, so. Yeah, I, and I, I make more than I use so uh i'm like 30k uh less 25 yeah around yeah around 25 is that full-time or part-time oh it's part-time they only give you a certain amount of hours because uh they only allow because you know they have their bureaucracy and whatever so they only like 20 hours a week 15 hours a week kind of thing well i do other things i i teach and i i work other jobs and i do a bunch of things so that's how I make my money, but you ask um, Yeah, <laughs> I got. I got. When I was a kid, I got a few irons in the fire. I got a few. I got a few hooks in the water. Oh, yeah, okay, I got. It. <laughs> I got it. So it's a bit of a hodgepodge. Now, what is your combined debt situation like? Uh, I have no debt. And uh, she, ha- she has I assume quite a that you were a pole dancer, <laughs> or were you a sugar baby? Like, okay, how did you get no, no debt? Just, and uh, just went to a school that's. Um, isn't very expensive and 
got financial aid from the government. <laughs> and uh, that's why I don't have any debt. Okay, good. And her? She has quite a bit of debt, which is kind of to be expected for medical school. But her, you know, her projected earnings are, to me, make that a non-concern. And she's going to be making a lot of money. And uh, what kind of debt? 50K, 80, 70, 60? Uh, several hundred thousand. Several hundred thousand. Yeah. but uh, So again, she ain't staying home with the babies. <laughs> no, I guess not. She's, uh, she's carrying around a pretty nice condo by the beach on her back, right? Yeah, but she, you know, her projected earnings are like, uh, I believe, 70K for the first few years in residency, but then it's like 250K every. So. Um, in a few years, I'm pretty sure she'll pay that off. Yeah, it seems no, like that, that's no. Sort come of on, that's a lot. For... That's a that's a lot of money to pay off in after tax income. Uh, you might be right. I, I might also be overstating the debt. I think it was several hundred. I'm not exactly sure how much it is, but it's definitely at least a hundred. Okay. Because you know, if if you're thinking of of dating this girl and getting your heart set on things, that's as important a question to ask about as about your musical tastes and cussing. Yeah, it is. Because, um, you know, you're going to co-sign yeah. on that debt, basically, as far as I understand it, when you get married, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware of that. Um, and and I, normally I would run from it, but seeing her path, it's, uh, I, I think she'll pay Listen, it off none of this and... is meant to dissuade you. I mean, if she's a great woman, no, she's I know, a great, I if she's a great woman, I mean, go for it, man. Like, lock and load, lock on, right? <laughs> uh, full thrust. Well, it, Right now, it's not exactly up to me, but we'll get to that. Oh. Well, it's to some degree up to you. Yeah, yes, it is. You know, to some you degree be, up to me. I'm sure yeah. you can crank out the charm when necessary. But um, yeah, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to make myself into the type of person that she's less reluctant about. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So so you could rein in the cussing, obviously. And yeah. So I'm. Uh, you can yeah, switch already... to mid '80s Amy Grant or whatever it is that uh, would be more of, of pleasing to her. Uh, when you can yeah, go full on Mormon Tabernacle Choir, if you want, but um, to me that's not an issue. Uh, so what is know, the issue, like, right? What is the what is the big uh, beast well, that she, she's staring down here in you? She she thinks she sees that I'm very ingrained in all this um, in terms of who my friends, like my friend group. Wait, ingrained in all um, uh, things that she finds unbecoming and no, what, very what very unchristian. Okay, but like what? So cussing, music, what else? Uh, smoking weed on occasion. That's another uh, thing she doesn't uh, like too much. Right. And I, I think I'm willing to give that up for her as well. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, come on. Who's, yeah. who's going to want to choose a joint over a great woman? Like, that, that would yeah. make no sense. And that would have you hate both the drugs and yourself. I, I get it. Yeah. You know, I know it's, you say it's on occasion and so on. But that's like a no-brainer, right? Yeah, I, I don't really have that much of a history. I've been doing it more lately. I, I only started doing it... A, like a year ago, and to Wait, me, you it, it got in a pot really... when you were twenty-six. Yeah, that's <laughs> like taking up smoking when you're seventy. Yeah, I mean, I just sort of discovered it wow. and thought Through it was kind of fun. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So, mm. um, so I hang on a second. I, hang on a second yeah. here. I'm sensing sabotage. Um, no, there's no sabotage because I definitely encouraged. I definitely encouraged it with him too. With him, wait, but he smoked weed before you, right? Yeah, he he did it before me, but um, uh, I wanted to try it with him, and then there were definitely times where I was the one who proposed that we do it. So it's not that he was forcing it on me. Uh, How is his life mutual. trajectory going? 
Uh, he, has, he has a girlfriend. Um, his prospects right now aren't that great, but he does have a job and he's taking care of himself. So, Is he but, also in grad school land or, or post, post-grad land? Yes, he's, um, he's finishing up his, his thesis as well. So he's In a similar of, field? No, I think he, he's, animal, he's animal behavior. So animal not, behavior? Not, yeah, so very different field. And is it a doctorate he's working on or master's? A uh, master's. And I hate to sound like that guy, but I'm going to ask anyway. Um, what does one do with a master's in animal behavior? I, I don't know. I, I also do not know. Does he know? Um, no, he's very. He, he's not on a very um, clear path. Uh, and that's one of the things. Well, he kind of is in a way. <laughs> That's one of the things that the the girl sensed almost immediately, and and knowing that she knows nothing about him really, but she told me, you know, I think your friend is holding you down, and um, but that's that exactly was, what I was just saying with regards to sabotage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think he's sabotaging me, but because um, there's no, I don't, I really do not think there's any intent, especially because I I've, I've also um, enabled some of these habits with him. Um, so I don't want okay, to. Okay, but hang on. I'm not sure what you mean by like intent is necessary for sabotage. Um, I, I mean, I guess it's not. I, I usually associate I mean, there sabotage are, there are crimes. Intent. There are crimes of action and then there are crimes of negligence, right? So, you know, like manslaughter, right? So first degree murder, right? You plot and you plan to kill someone. These are yeah. strong examples, right? But, but uh, you know, involuntary homicide is, uh, you know, just kind of careless and didn't take proper precautions and somebody ended up dead, right? You don't mean to kill the person, but you still still a problem right so yeah, intent I, I intent is only as far as, as severity a lack of intent i guess contra james comey from a couple of years ago a lack of intent does not mean exoneration from wrongdoing oh, i agree with you I, I i guess i just uh, associate sabotage with intent but if you're using that word and it can function without intent then uh, we could use that word okay uh, so yeah the yeah. question and what do you so the, the real question comes down to with regards to your roommate what do you think of his girlfriend um, his girlfriend is, um, I like her. She's in a, she's not in a great place either, but, uh, I do, I do like her as a person. I have a lot of, I have a lot of, um, affection towards her, I think in, in terms of, um, uh, being a friend, but she's in a very bad place. She doesn't really come from a great family and she's very depressed because her prospects aren't very good and. But I, I do like her, but she's um, not in a great place, is I guess what I'm trying to say. And so she's depressed at the moment? Uh, yeah, I would say so. And why are her prospects not great? Um, that's something I've been trying to learn more about. I'm trying to learn more about her, but she's not the most um, open person. But Is it school? Is it career? Is it? Uh, she majored in something like art or something. And as you can imagine, it's not a very not a very lucrative field and she has a lot of self-confidence issues her, her parents um were not the uh the greatest um from what i understand you mean she had I, an abusive childhood i believe so but honestly i don't know the details and how long has your roommate been going out with her um a year and a half or two years maybe and why is he interested in this lost soul? I think it's because... Um, hold on one sec. I'm just making sure my phone doesn't kick me off here because I have screen time enabled and 
it says I only have five minutes left on screen time. I guess because Skype qualifies as social media. I'm just making sure. Oh, that you've you've got you've got a, a, a nagbot on your phone. Yeah. All right. Well, you might as well get married. I'm just kidding. I'm just making sure it doesn't kick me off Skype. Um. All right. So why does why if I do get kicked off, I'm sorry. I I think I disabled it, but um, I'll call you back or you can call me back if that happens. Um. So you asked why does he uh, why is he with her? Um, I think part of it is he likes the feeling of taking care of someone. So he needs a broken person so he can feel, so he can avoid his own brokenness by pretending he's a healer, right? I think that's a, I think that's a big part of it. Mm -hmm. But I mean, there are obviously other parts as well. Personality, compatibility, and affection. Personality, isn't she depressed? Yeah, but I mean, she has a personality even um, through the depression, that, that, which is one reason why I have a lot of affection for her. She, you know, she, um, she, you could see who she is um, even through the depression. Um, but I think a large part of it is the caretaker instinct. And, you know, again, there are other reasons. So their but, relationship relies upon her being dysfunctional. If she becomes functional, he's not going to have much interest in that, right? I mean, just based on the dynamics of the relationship, right? Um, honestly, not sure. I mean, that's just my hypothesis. I think it has some uh, credence to it, but I, I, I doubt that he would um, lose interest with her if she was doing better, but I do think he would maybe have a, a struggle with that. Well, is he, what, what is he doing, or do you know, if, if anything, to, to help her? Uh, it's mostly emotional support. I mean, he'll he'll pay for you know dinners and, and stuff. It's not like he's like subsidizing her financially, but um, emotionally he's there for her. In a, right. Yeah. Now so I'll tell you something. There's a piece of information that I have, which I will reveal now, that I've always had in these calls, and this is why I'm poking around your friend and his girlfriend, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a reason. There's a reason, and you probably know what it is deep down, but there's a reason why you're talking to me and not your friend. Oh, yeah, of course. And what's that? Um, I mean, there's, a, there's many reasons, so I don't even know which one you're thinking of, but uh, one is that he's not really... Um, first of all, he's not really good at these kind of conversations. Second of all, um, it's, it's hard... F- you know, if I get better and he stagnates, that's threatening for him, of course. Um, so that's another reason. Um, there's another one I was thinking of that kind of slipped my mind. I mean, have you ever seen the film With Nail and I? No. You should watch it, man. You should watch it. It's a very powerful film about sabotaging a relationship. And Richard E. Grant's Hamlet's soliloquy at the end is magnificent. You can just find that bit online. But... Um, yeah, a friend who can't move forward. Because, you know, you're asking, how can you get the great girl? Well, you know, you've, you've got to map anything around you that's going to pull you down or keep you down. Right? Yeah, yeah. You, you want to be in contact with people over the long run. I mean, just in general. You want to be in contact with people who get shit done, who are on the move, who are building things, who are powerful or moving in a direction of power. Yeah. Right? Because people can fritter away 
<laughs> I wrote this in a novel many years ago, a novel that I wrote called The God of Atheists, where I said, you know, careless children lose socks, mittens, scarves. Careless adults can misplace entire decades. And if you have people who are stuck, if you have people who are paralyzed, if you have people who are in the mud, there will be a powerful resistance to you rising. Yeah, I'm aware. Um, okay, I just, well, just as long your, as you're clear yeah. about that. because I've been listening to you for a while, so I'm aware of that. Okay, good. Uh, but, you know, a lot of the problem is it's hard for me to let him go if, I, if that's what I had to do. Um, and I'm not entirely sure if I have to do that, but let's say I did have conversations. Just, no, no, with no. Him see, you, no, no. Hang on, hang on, hang on. See, you're yeah. jumping straight to action, right? Well, what if I have to let him go? I don't know any of that. Well, neither do I. No, and I, hang on. All I'm, all I'm trying to do, all I'm trying to do, is give you a map of the bay. I'm not trying to tell you where to sail. I'm just saying, you no, know, here's, I, no, here's I, where I, some rocks could be. You know, here's where there's a hell of a rip current, and here's, you know, whatever. And and you're saying, well, what? I don't know where I want to sail. I'm like, no. Eh, I don't know either. I, I, I know you're not. It's something I thought about. Is what okay. I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. You know, because part of being a Christian is you just uh, you got to be willing to give up anything for um, for God, and uh, let alone a girl, but for you know for God. Um, and is he a Christian? And is, is his girlfriend a Christian? Uh, no, neither of them are. Uh, and where are they in terms of moral beliefs, philosophical understanding, and so on? <laughs> Um, let me think about that. Um, I would say he's very confused, um, morally and, uh, philosophically very, very confused. Well, why don't you bring him to Christ? I, oh, I, I you think I ought to try? Of All course. right. Uh, Just check it. <laughs> Just check it. And um, what's his resistance? Um, so you may, you know you know in the history of philosophy there's been these schools of thought I'm I'm not getting abstract on you for no reason no that's fine that's fine um, you know the sophists and uh, there's a few others I forget the names of but you know these people who think that you can't really discover truth because of rhetoric right you can make any argument appear good so how do you know it's true that's sort well of actually the, the sophists were people who used all the tricks well, to make the yeah, worse argument appear the better. You could talk yeah, about the skeptics, yeah. the, uh, skeptics the human too, skeptics, yeah. but the skeptics as a whole in particular, you could talk about postmodernism or subjectivism or relativism, but yeah, all of this stuff, which is like, the truth is an illusion, man. It's just trying to drag you out to murder you with thirst in the desert. Yeah, so that's sort of where yeah, he is, um, but uh, it's, it's not like he doesn't struggle with that. He's not like hardcore with that, but he's always like, well, maybe this is true, maybe that's true, how do you know? And oh, he man, goes you should, back have, and you should have him, just tell him to call me. We'll sort it out. <laughs> uh, that, that wouldn't, uh, well, maybe I will tell him to call you. Tell him to call me. <laughs> no, tell him to call me, I'll sort him out in half an hour. <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh, I know. But, oh, I know. I mean, I sort him out doesn't mean get him to believe in the truth, but it means get him to stop with this bullshit subjectivism, or at least know that it's false. If he wants to continue doing it, that's fine. Then it's for emotional reasons, not these pseudo-intellectual reasons. But mm-hmm. anyway, the office out there. And uh, has he listened to what, what I do, or or have you talked to him about uh, this? You know, sometimes I've exposed him to you, but um, he's not like an avid listener. But uh, he's seen some of your stuff and listened to some stuff if I have it on. So. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, It it passes through his mind like a bird going from one window of a room to another. All right. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he did like uh, your hoax uh, speech at the end, which is yeah. a very great uh, speech. Thank you. Thank um, you. Uh, so in terms of his girlfriend, don't know. Uh, I can only imagine uh, she's a moral relativist, but I haven't had that conversation with her. I guess I, I will. Right. Okay. All right. Probably because I already know the answer, and that's probably why I haven't. <laughs> so, but, uh, probably. so this woman... She has reservations about friends swearing, music off and on. Is there anything else? Uh, the smoking. Smoking, so yeah, the, yeah. Okay, anything else? Um, the type of um, art that I'm into. Not art, art, but uh, art broadly. So this, is, so this is what prompted this call. So I'll tell you about that. Yesterday, we had a very good date for the most part. Um, but I later found out she was she was very um, upset about something, she, which she told me today. So yesterday we went to church together, which was very nice. Um, then I brought her over again. This time, uh, no one else was there, so it was just me and her. And I showed her what one of my favorite movies, which is Ex Machina. I don't know if you've seen that. Ex Machina. I haven't seen that. I think I've seen it. it's like a half woman robot face. Is that right? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. not seen it's, it, but I've seen it's these about posts. artificial intelligence and consciousness and what is consciousness and all that sort of thing, um, which I thought she would be interested in because we're both very interested in ideas like that. So I wanted to see what she thought of it, and um, I didn't know this at the time, but she told me today she really didn't like the movie, and she didn't. And it's not like she didn't like it because you know personal taste. She thought it was a very dark movie. And she's right about that. It is a dark movie. And she was, she's very concerned about what that says about me, that this is one of my favorite movies. It's not as so bad it, as that Johnny Depp movie about consciousness. What was it, Transcendence or something like that? Oh, man. That was wretched. That, like, that, I had to... Oh, anyway, that's, that's a whole other story. Okay, so she found the movie kind of dark, and it's troubled her, right? Yeah, it troubled her because I kept telling her, like, this is... You know, I love this movie. It's one of my favorite movies. And she watched it, and she was like, "This is very nihilistic. There's a lot of um, a lot of rated R stuff here." And I, again, I know you don't. Um, I know she doesn't like uh, that sort of thing, but it wasn't gratuitous, right? I don't watch. No, no, no. Listen, the issue. No, hang on, hang on. Just let me tell you this from the female perspective, right? Yeah. Defending the film is irrelevant. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I didn't defend it with her. I, no, I know. But uh, defending yeah. it with me is is even less relevant. Because I'm not going to bang you, right? So. Oh no, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying um, it wasn't gratuitous, but the, there was, there is a certain in the movie there is a certain degree of, um, uh, how do I say, depictions of sexuality and um, and and darkness and, and stuff like that. So, not gratuitously so, because I don't like that either. But I thought it served the the film, so I don't Wait, mind watching. Wait, hang on, you should. You should. I mean, this isn't Travis Pickle showing porn to <laughs> Faye Dunaway, do? a taxi driver. But I mean, no, no, the, no. you, you, the first the film, film is... the film that you loved, that you showed to your Christian potential girlfriend, has nudity and sex scenes in it. Uh, there's no sex scenes, but um, there is there are depictions of uh, nudity, but very fleeting. Most of the movie is not. About that. Okay. Sort of, All right. So there's yeah. nudity, and what else did was bothered her? Um, the I guess what she thought was the message, and I don't know if the message she took is the message of the movie, but I did think it was very interesting what she 
thought about it. She said it was very nihilistic. I never thought of it as nihilistic. Uh, I never thought of it as great either. The reason I like it is because I like the idea as being discussed in the movie. And I, that's why I showed it to her. I it's like thought-provoking. Yeah, for me, very thought-provoking. Um, but what she took out of it is that it's a very dark message. Jeez, and, man, you should, you should do what I do. I mean, uh, the first movie I showed to my wife that I said that I loved, which I still do, is Merchant Ivory's Room with a View. Uh, it's a lovely... <laughs> It's a lovely adaptation of a E.M. Forster novel. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I, you know, not, not, I guess, not the best decision making. No, no, on my no, part. but this <laughs> is you, right? No, no, listen, you're it's being me, honest, yeah, right? This is, is you. I am being honest. Yeah, that's part of it. Like, it and she's me. being honest too. So, what troubles? Yes. So, what troubles her? This is from the female's perspective, right? So, what mm-hmm. troubles her is not that you showed her the movie. It's not that the movie is nihilistic. It's not that there's nudity or anything. That's not what troubles her. It's that is tr- one of my favorite movies. No, that doesn't trouble her either. I what can tell think? you exactly what troubles her, and this is a great insight and window into the soul of a woman. Are you ready? Right, t- yeah, Are tell you me. bracing yourself? Are you in a <laughs> crash position? Are you yeah. under the desk, 1950s nuclear war style? All right. This is what troubles her, and if you get this about women, you will have a great time with women, and if you don't, you won't. So this is very, very big spotlight. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. What troubles her about the movie is not that you like it, not the nudity, not the nihilism, not the... What troubles her about the movie is that you didn't know she wouldn't like it. Yeah. That's the only thing fundamentally that troubles her about the movie, that you should have known that she wouldn't like it. You're right. And if you get that about women, man... You will have a great time in this world. And if you don't, it'll just be one misery pit to another. Because you're yeah. like, well, I want to talk about the ideas. No, no, no. In the same way, and this is why I was harping on earlier about your roommate who swears. Mm-hmm. You knew that she didn't like swearing and you brought her over to a guy who swears. So she feels invisible. Interesting. She feels and she's right, that you don't know her well enough to create for her an environment where she feels visible and and understood and seen. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so if you'd showed her this movie at some point saying, okay, listen, this movie, it's kind of dark. It's it's got some nudity in it. There's stuff that you're really not going to like, but I'll tell you what I like about it, and we can kind of meet in the middle, right? Then she's, she can watch, she can relax, right? Yeah, she's prepared for it. She knows that I understand her reservations in advance. Right. That I understand her. Right. If and the I woman feels understood, her heart opens. If the woman feels visible, her heart opens. Because that's how women trust. You know, men trust from like, hey, man, that time we were almost in a bar fight, you totally had my back. <laughs> you know, that's, that's men, right? But women can trust when they're not blindsided, when they're not surprised. In other words, when you're like, hey, I love this movie. You're going to love it too. And she hates it. She can't trust. Yeah. Because she you're wants right. you to know her. She doesn't want you to, to abandon your own personality. She doesn't want you to appease her or to become her or to bend yourself into a nothingness to, to please her. She doesn't want that, because if you do that, she won't respect you, right? But yeah. she wants you to know her well. Yeah, you're right. 
and in thinking on it, it's just that's so, the pattern, right? Just so silly that I wouldn't see that. But when you pointed out, yeah, I and mean, it's it's such it's the casualty. Is that a word? The yeah, casualness. Yeah, I get it. I, hey, yeah, with, casuality with and casualty, right? <laughs> very, very closely yeah, related. It's it's the casualness with which I just said, hey, you know, he's one of my favorite movies. I didn't prepare her for it. I didn't. I mean, looking back, right, you, you'd have said, mm, you know. And again, it's not like you can't show her the movie. It may not be the first movie you show her. It's not like you can't show her the movie, right? But, you know, if, if you're going to say, you know, like I like the movie Fight Club, although it is bloody black and dark and nihilistic and all kinds of messed up, right? Yeah. But at least they talk about some important ideas. It's sort of like the American beauty situation. At least there's some discussion of gender and gender roles and masculinity. And like just, I'm, you know geez, I'll even do disclosure with Michael Douglas because somebody talks about gender relations in there for like 30 seconds. I'm like, ah, Oasis in the Desert of Hollywood. Right? <laughs> so, but you know, on a, on a first date, you don't necessarily want to expose a Christian girl to a movie where the key line is, I haven't been fucked like that since grade school. Yeah, it's, it's so silly that I did that. I'm not going to beat myself up for over it because I see it now. No, but- it's great. It's great that you did that. Honestly, I'm telling you, it's great. You should you should pat yourself on the back for having the brilliance to do that. Do you know why? Uh, no. Well, because maybe, it got you into this conversation, and I just passed you the pearl of wisdom on how to genuinely enjoy your life with women. It is a pearl of wisdom, but there is still the, there is still the the issue that um, that. Uh, uh, I enjoy things like that. And I know we No, we that's no. That. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. This is the mistake that men and women make. And it's the mistake that men make and women maybe they're not great at articulating it. It's fine that you enjoy that movie. It's totally fine. You just have to know that she's going to have trouble with it. And that doesn't mean you can't show it to her and it doesn't mean you can't talk about it. Although, again, maybe not early in the relationship. You have to know that she's not going to like it. You have to know that stuff. So I, I I can see that that definitely is probably the biggest factor. But she did explicitly express to me that, and maybe, she, maybe what you're saying is she's not conscious of what her issue is. I'm not sure if you're saying that or not. But she did explicitly say, um, sort of, the fact that this was one of my favorite movies did concern her because what does that say about uh, me? That's so there. I do acknowledge that the issue you brought up is probably huge, and I. Um, well, no, because here's, here's my yeah. question. Here's my question. Given that you'd already troubled her with the music, given that you'd already troubled her with the swearing, given that you'd already troubled her with the roommate, if you had known she wasn't going to like this movie, would you have shown it to her when you did? No, of course not. Right. So that's what <laughs> I'm saying. So w- when you show it to her, you are saying, I have no clue who you are. No, I, I I completely understand that. I'm just saying I think there might be an additional problem above that issue, which I acknowledge is very a very big one, and I think that is a big pearl of wisdom that you've given me. But I think in addition to that, no, but she is concerned. No, no, it's the same problem you because so? she wouldn't know it was your favorite movie if you had known how much she wouldn't like it because you wouldn't have but shown at, but it at to some, her. At some point, I would have to be honest about what I enjoy, no? Well, see, here's the thing. I'm not talking about censorship. I'm not talking about faking things, right? I'm, I'm not, it's the same as what I said earlier. 
you can phone in sick on a job after you've been there for a while, but don't phone in sick right. on the interview. So too early. It's too early. She's got to get to know you. And what she wants to know is that you understand her. Okay. I see that. that. You understand yeah. her. Women have this need to be understood that men find generally incomprehensible. And it's no, how, it's how, it very, sorry, go ahead. I, I find it comprehensible. Good. I, I just overlooked it, uh, but I get it completely. Cause okay. you know, I want to okay. be understood too. So no, no, I get it. But, but yeah. for, for, for a woman, see a woman, a woman is in a unique position of incredible vulnerability. And we could say, Oh, but there's the welfare state, there's Alamut, but her genes don't understand that yet. That's like, Oh yeah. yeah. 60 years. I taught right? evolutionary psychology. I, you know, okay. I know so you know all this shit, right? Yeah. So, so just for the audience, right? The, the woman, is in a situation of almost unbearable vulnerability because she's short, she's weak physically, and just about everyone wants something from her. Now, this is a pretty powerful woman, right? I mean, she's going through uh, med school. She's handling all of that stress. She's doing all of this cool stuff, right? And, yeah. uh, you know, I assume she's attractive, uh, and, and so she's smart. She's reading Jung like this. She's, she's got it going on, right? Like on every conceivable yeah. level. It's like... I don't remember much of the movie The Fisher King, other than Kristen Lutty's great conversation about the devil, but I do remember there was one flash of an achingly beautiful blonde reading Nietzsche, to which, of course, I'm like, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> but um, it is, uh, because of that vulnerability, she needs to know that you're going to protect her. And we don't have any lions or tigers in the world that we have to deal with so what she needs to be protected from is unpleasant surprises. Mm. Right? Yeah. Shocks to the system, so to speak, right? Because if you don't fully empathize with her, then you're with her for the wrong reasons. In other words, if you don't fully understand the depth and complexity and beauty of her character, then you might just be there for sex. You might just be there for status. You might just be there to have someone to watch TV with or whatever, right? But you're not there for the beauty, depth, and complexity of a character. Now, if you're not there for the beauty, depth, and complexity of a character, if you're there for some more surface and shallow reason, then you know what she is, man, which is the most terrifying thing for a woman? She is replaceable. Hmm. She is replaceable. She's interchangeable. Yeah, and this is, that's also something she's expressed. She's expressed to me she kept saying something like, you know, I think maybe I'm too old for you. Maybe you want someone younger and more fun. And I said, I don't, that's not what I want. I want someone who's a good person. But she, what she perceived is that maybe I want someone more fun. Well, so yeah, uh, she's saying, because a woman, I mean, I, I say this to my wife from time to time. Like I said, look, there's no upgrade for you, like from you. For me, there is no upgrade from, there's no one like, oh, well, this person would be better or this person, there's no upgrade. She's not upgradable to me in any way, shape or form. There's nothing I'd yeah. change, not a thing, right? And there's nobody more perfect, right? So people say, oh, you're going to get divorced. It's like, nope, <laughs> not, never going to happen, right? Yeah, you and already have yeah, all the history. So yeah, yeah, well, yeah, 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 plus you've grown together like two trees and all that. So, and she feels the same about me, that, that there's no upgrade. And so, you know, so she needs to feel that there's no upgrade for, for her. Right? There's no, sorry, it's just an awkward way to put it. There's no upgrade from her for you. Yeah, I understand. And so, because of that, she needs to feel completely irreplaceable. 
And when you don't understand her or you don't know what she likes and doesn't like, but you're still there, then she, her great fear, right? Women's great fear, uh, men's great fear is that women are just there for the money. And men's great fear, women's great fear is that men are just there for the sex, right? Yeah. Because if it's sex, right? If you, and I'm not saying, like, you're Christian, so you wait till marriage, I'm sure, right? But in general, yeah. right? If you're there for sex, well, younger models are coming along all the time, right? And, you yeah. know, to put it coarsely, a hole is a hole is a hole. <laughs> no, seriously. No, I, I, I know. <laughs> right? I mean, so, so yeah. you need to, she needs to know that you have connected with her, as you would say, on a spiritual level. The uniqueness of her soul, of her personality, of her character. And that means that no, if, you, if, if she experiences unpleasant surprises based upon you not knowing her, then it triggers all her, he's, the, he's here for the flesh, he's not here for me. Right. So it's not the movie, and it's not that you like the movie. It's that you don't know her, and that sets off all kinds of alarm bells. Now, the good news is that she's willing to talk to you despite all these alarm bells, which means that you've got something going on for her too, right? Yeah. I mean, right now, we had a long conversation um, earlier today um, where we talked about a lot of things, and she wants to have a little break from me because she doesn't exactly know what to think uh, her parents are telling her something she she's not sure what wait, she wait, feels. what are her parents telling her do you know um i'm i'm reluctant to say it because i know like she's not identifiable but i guess some part of me just feels bad that i would go well, okay don't and... but uh, is it fair to say that her parents are not number one fans of bob of me yeah oh you forgot uh, your pseudonym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, broke, we yeah. broke character. Yeah, uh, so it's along those lines. Yeah. Okay, so listen. I, I mean, I don't, if, I don't, I don't yeah. know if they're exactly not. I don't know how. I don't know how opposed to me they are. I, I don't think they're that opposed, but I think their inclination is is against me. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. So, right. So now is the time. I think for the reasonable apology, and whether that rescues you. With the girl, I don't know, but I think it's your single best shot. And the apology goes something like this, which is, I have, uh, I'm, I'm very attracted to you for a variety of reasons, but I have not been thinking about you deeply enough. I have not been thinking about your character, your personality, your likes and your dislikes deeply enough. I massively respect that you're enormously committed to Christ and Christianity, and I have been skating like you're two inches deep when you're two miles deep. I've been skating along, right? And and I'm going to make a list of all of the ways in which I've been, because I've really thought long and deeply about this, and I'm going to make a list of all the reasons, all the things I've been skating along on, right? So I dumped my bad day on you the first time we chat. Not the end of the world. I'm honest, right? But, you know, not necessarily the best first impression. I curse in the chat. And I know you're Christian, and we met on a Christian dating site, and that should be something that I should ascertain your level of comfort with before bringing it to the table. So I'm kind of intruding, right, in, in that way. And then what happens is I invite you over and my roommate curses up a storm. Even after you have told me that you don't like swearing. So what are you supposed to think? Well, there's only a couple of options, only a couple of possibilities. Either I don't remember or care that you don't like swearing, in which case, what am I doing, right? I mean, I'm just not sensitive at all, right? Not, not thoughtful at all. 
Or, I know you don't like swearing. I know my roommate swear, but I didn't care enough to tell him to stop, at least while you were there, right? Or, I did, you did ask, or I did ask my roommate to stop, but he just decided to continue anyway, because that's the quality of my best friend, that they're willing to make a woman I like uncomfortable just because they like to drop the F-bombs on a regular basis, like a carpet bomb into the conversation, right? And then, yeah. and then uh, compounding those errors of insensitivity, what I do is I drop ex machina on you and, didn't, and, and, and apparently I'm really surprised that you didn't like it. Although in hindsight, it makes perfect sense that you didn't like it. And I'm not going to sit there and say, well, it was wrong for me to show you the film. I mean, that's fine. We can show you the film. You can show me things I might not like and I can learn from them. But I didn't know that you wouldn't like it. And in hindsight, there was every reason to understand that you wouldn't like it. And so my concern is that, I mean, you have reasons not to trust me based upon the fact that I don't seem to have a clue about what you'll like and don't like and don't seem to listen when you tell me what you like and don't like. And that makes me untrustworthy in your eyes. And that's not a subjective thing. I would actually agree with that assessment based upon how I've acted. Now, that's, mm-hmm. that's the minus, right? Because you always got to give the minus. You got to acknowledge the minus, man. If you're in a conflict with someone, acknowledge the minus. Yeah, acknowledge I, I the minus. If you can't acknowledge the minus, people won't listen. They can't relax and listen to any of the positives until you acknowledge the minus, right? Yeah. And then you say, but here's the pluses, right? I'm smart, you're smart. We're both interested in the human body, the human mind. You're interested in self-knowledge, you read Jung. I'm interested in self-knowledge, I listen to Free Domain. And I care about you enormously, but I'm not thinking deeply enough about you to have you not be consistently negatively surprised by me, my movies, my friends, my texts, or my environment. Yeah. Now, I understand that now. And I understand it's not important that I have, I like a movie you don't like. Look, we are two individuals, that's going to happen, and that can be great opportunities for learning. That's not the issue. The issue is I need to know and truly understand what you like and don't like so that you're not constantly bouncing off these negative experiences like a pinball. I will commit to doing that, to really learning about what you like and don't like and internalizing it and processing it, not to be a slave to you and your likes and dislikes, but just to understand them so that you're not surprised by my blindness. Hmm. Now, if we do that as friends, great. If we do that as boyfriend, girlfriend, even better. But this relationship, you've got to give her the honor of deepening you, right? You can say this relationship, although it has lasted for a month and spare change, has fundamentally changed how I see things. It's fundamentally changed me. Yeah, Listen, I, I spent a lot has, of time right? earlier. Yeah, I spent a lot of time earlier telling her that. But you need to. I mean, saying that is great. Yeah, I you need to. I, I have to acknowledge the the real issue. Well, uh, no, but you have to acknowledge how how it's changed you, right? Like it's one thing to say, "Hey, man, I just I just wrote this great song. It's really fantastic. It's got a great tune. It's got great lyrics. It's a great song." And at some point, you're going to say, "Hey, you feel like playing me that song?" <laughs> yeah. Right, so in terms of say, oh, you've changed me and so on, that's great, right? But you have to give it now specific examples. Listen, you are being invited down 
to a depth of care and concern that you have hitherto not even suspected. Can you, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, so you're being invited down to a two-way street, right? Because everything happens in the first few minutes, right? She asks yeah. how you're doing, and you kind of dumped your day, right? Yeah. Which is, again, it's not the end of the world or anything like that. You didn't really know her at that point, right? And you swore in the text without figuring out whether she, how she stands on, on swearing. And what that means is that you're kind of impulsive, and what that means is it's hard to feel safe around you. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, I've got to share this great movie with you, right? But you don't stop and sit and think it through, right? Oh, you've got to come over and meet my best friend, right? But you're not so, slowing so, the fuck down and planning and organizing things. So, so when you said, um, um, you said I'm being invited down into a level of care and compassion, something like so you mean, yeah. You, you mean, um, I have, up until this point, I have not really needed to think so deeply about someone's um, Well, listen, you listen to her, you are not a very safe person to be around. And I don't mean, obviously, that you're waving around machine guns or machetes or anything like that. But nothing chills a woman's heart more than feeling she is fundamentally not understood. And also yeah. that the man doesn't even know he doesn't understand her. I mean, we all don't understand each other to a certain degree, or so I think some of these conversations go on so long, right? But this, uh, uh, nothing chills a woman's heart faster than feeling that the man not only doesn't understand her, but doesn't even know that he doesn't understand her. Yeah, I could definitely see that. That would that she'd be very insecure about that, very reluctant to commit to someone like that. Right, right, because you're not committing to her yet. You're committing to your relationship to her. In other words, I want to show you this movie, and I had this bad day, and here's my roommate. Like, so you, but you're not, sh- you're not relating to her, mm. which is, tell me more about you. You know, tell me what you think. Tell me what you feel. Tell me your, your first well, memory, I, your last dream. Like, all this like, just really work to get a mental well, map of who well, she is. I, sh- I should say I, I've definitely done that, but um, obviously I have not set into motion because as you pointed out I know these things about her and I do ask about her and we do talk to each other about self-knowledge things but um, apparently I have not internalized it or considered it enough to take it into account when I'm showing her a movie like that well okay so if I accidentally stab myself in the leg and I say to you hey man I've got a knife in my leg and you look at me and you shrug and you say yeah I can see that and you go back to playing your Xbox how am I going to feel yeah, yeah. So you've acknowledged, oh, you don't like swearing. And then I show her a movie that is swearing. You show her a movie with swearing. And I bring her You swear in the text. Department. You bring her to your friend who swears all the time. So it's like, yeah, that's, that's quite a knife you got in your leg there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're right. Now, the caring is, if you care about the woman, listen. I mean, Jesus, God could be speaking through her saying, dude, let's deepen it up a little here. What does it mean to really care for someone? That's why I asked about your friend. And are you trying to help him? He should not be swearing in front of people he doesn't know. Yeah. That's, that's very interesting because I think she brought up something similar. Um, that not just that, I, that that's my friend, but that's... I have not um, intervened 
to help him. So you're right about that. Yeah, listen, every now and then I do professional engagements, right? In so far as, and I don't mean like go to give a speech or whatever, but I mean, I will go out with somebody who's in, quote, the business and, you know, we'll have a lunch or, or whatever it is, right? Now, this may be somebody I'm just meeting for the first time. And I'm just not going to say, I'm just not going to start dropping F-bombs. Now, occasionally, I will swear. I, I, I've sworn in, the, in this show itself, right? Because I yeah. don't want to have a relationship where I can't swear. Because every now and then, it floats up in my brain, and I don't want to self-censor that way. At the same time, if I'm in a business meeting or a professional environment, I will not swear. Now, if the other person is, you know, this was some MFing good tea. No, I'm just kidding. They wouldn't say that, right? But if somebody, <laughs> if somebody uh, you know, lets loose an expletive or two, oh, that's okay, right? Then, then if the mood strikes it. But you've got to suss these things out a little bit, right? You've got to be uh, wise and reasonable. Now, you could say this other person, well, they don't know if I swear, but of course they kind of do, right? Because it happens in the shows, right? So, or it, it happens. I do it in the shows, right? Yeah. So, your friend should not be swearing in front of people he doesn't know. Yeah, and, and the fact that I have not intervened to make sure he doesn't do that is also a, not a good sign. It's a, yeah, you're saying, line. listen, dude, you have a degree in animal management. You can't be swearing, too. Listen, Brad Pitt can go in and cluster bomb as many Fs as he wants because he's going to get a job, right? Because he's Brad Pitt. But your friend is kind of behind the eight ball as far as education goes, right? And his girlfriend is depressed and lost and doesn't know where her life's going. And Like, these should all be emergencies for you. This is yeah. why I say this woman is inviting you to a deeper level of interaction than you've experienced. Yeah. And this is why she's saying you're too young for me. Yeah. This is like teenage shallowness and you're right. hedonism. Yeah. It's hedonism, right? Well, it can yes, be difficult to help your friend. Yes. Yeah, so what? What are we here for? Just to have fun? No. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, I mean, I, I, I might say yeah. that. I'm not a Christian, but you shouldn't, right? I wouldn't yeah, say no, that, but you shouldn't, right? Yeah, that, You're here to make the world a better place. And you don't do yeah. that by enabling people's drug habits and letting them drop F-bombs all over the yeah, place. I, I'm, I'm living like with one foot in, one foot out, and it's maybe even worse than that. Actually. Does your friend have a drug problem? Um, I'm, not sure if, I'm not sure if he does or not. He may. All right. How often does he smoke? Uh, a few times a week. Okay. He has a problem. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Marijuana these days is very strong. And he's probably doing it to manage anxiety about his life. And you're sitting down with him saying, yeah, let's blaze up, man. I mean, that's a goofy way of putting it. I'm sure you put it in a slightly less Beavis and Butthead <laughs> cliched way. 420, blaze it, faggot. Right? But... <laughs> But you're, you're sitting right. there saying, hey, man, let's do some drugs. What would Jesus is, do, man? This, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Jesus, big on enabling drug habits? 
No. no. This is very eye-opening. That's what I'm saying. And this is why the woman is skittish around you. Yeah. Man, right. you got to be pretty. You got to be more than a seven. I'm just kidding. I'm like, I'm sure you're a great guy, no. smart guy, and all that. Uh, but there's something that's drawing her to you. Maybe it's the potential of depth that you have. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not the most attractive. I am. I am attractive, but uh, like I said, it's. Look, it's, she's a, know, if she's a, a quality woman, she's back. looking for your character, and she senses these depths. But you're in the way. Yes, she's told me something like that. Yeah, right. And that's why you're calling, right? Yeah, because. I'm stuck. I am stuck between this. Like, there's part of me that's no. Full it just means that no one has no. No one has taught you. Sadly, and it's this. Listen, there's nothing, nothing bad about this. It's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing. This is not a criticism. It's just an observation. It, I, I'm I'm there with you because I, at your age, I was as shallow and 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 more probably. And I, that sounds like a stupid. I was more shallow as a competition, right? But <laughs> but no. Listen, I'm I'm you know I'm I'm going to be 53 tomorrow, man. So. <laughs> I got some time oh, under my happy belt. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. I appreciate 20 that. minutes, right? 20 minutes. Uh, shit, that's Are you, you're in the same time zone as me, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, so. Um, you weren't taught how to care for people. Correct. Neither was I. And this is all like really hard one, stupid, brutal lessons, right? Yeah, and it it really uh, freaks me out. Um, I I don't think I've conveyed the desperation that I feel because I I feel strangely calm because I, but when I do think about the ways that I can go, it's like, well, this is definitely a crossroads. Like I I can. Oh, seize this, this man! Yeah, this is not going to come around again. Yeah, this is why I, you I, feel desperate because this is like this is a once in a lifetime thing. Yeah, and I really sense that because I'm, I'm like, well, if I, if I screw this up, well, what does that mean? That means that I, because you don't even come across a woman like this too often. And no, you will end up avoiding the regret, which means avoiding intimacy, which means in twenty years you'll have some other roommate, but it'd be the same damn situation. Yeah, and and, and that's I'm why like, I took the call, right? That's why because I, I, I saw the email. I'm like, okay, this is uh, DefCon Five, right? This is uh, priority. ER, oh, thank, right? Thank you, thank you so much for that. Honestly, it's because that's it. You've you've actually that's exactly what I felt. It's like, well, I'm either going to be stuck in this situation forever, or I'm going to get out of it. And this right. is like the point where I got to get out of it. You know, I'm 27. I, maybe I can screw around when I'm 23, but it's not. You know, it's I'm 27. Now, it's time. So gotta, yeah, no, it's time. It's time. It's time. I mean, you're almost a decade an adult, right? I mean, it's time. Yeah. Okay. So listen, if we had more time. Um, we would get into your childhood, and we, perhaps we can talk about that another time. But I think if you look at these patterns, you simply have not had modeled to you what it means to be there for someone and to care for someone. You think it has to do with having shared values, um, and that's not unimportant, right? Or you think that has to do with shared activities, and that's not unimportant. Being there for someone, loving someone, my friend, is stepping over discomfort to do what is best for you both yeah that's what i feel like i i need to do like it, it's very uncomfortable and it's painful but there's no other choice like i i don't have another choice you just you got to do it you got to be a man well, you know you have another choice which is why you you called right why you emailed right and yeah, so the, another reason why it's hard for you to care for people as, and I'm not saying you don't care for people. Obviously, you do. So I'm, I'm speaking in absolutes that are right. just for I'm the sake of efficiency, right? Yeah, yeah. 
But the reason why it's so tough for you to care for people is that once you understand what it's like to really care for someone, it's going to hurt like hell, man. Yeah, because no one's cared for me like that. That's right. It's going to rip open a whole series of wounds and it's going to destabilize your entire life. That's why people don't do it. That's why people don't do it because it really is, it really is tough. Yeah. I mean, my wife came along and I was like, holy shit. What the hell have you people been doing in my life all these years? It ain't this. That's very similar to what I feel with yeah. this uh, with this woman. Yeah, it's a grenade, man. But it's a grenade of light. It just scolds a little, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can I just ask you a practical question? Sure. Uh, so... We Although I'm telling you, I countdown. Did. I mean, much though I'd love to spend yeah. my first no, no, bit of birthday go. with you. Um, <laughs> but go on. You got to go. Yeah, yeah. It'll be quick. Yeah. Um, so um, today I, we agreed that we'd, uh, I, I'd give her space for about two weeks. Um, now, concerning this apology, do you think I should violate that and send her an email with that? Or should I wait for the two weeks to be up? Well, if you were in her position, what would you like? I think I would like to receive the email. Yeah. You've got to stop being <laughs> indifferent, right? All of this, well, you know, I can take it or leave it and so on. Bullshit. Well, it's because I told her I wouldn't contact her for two weeks because I, I want to give her yeah, space. Yeah, so the first but... thing you do is you acknowledge that you're breaking the rule. Yeah, of Again, course. Again, you, you get past the negatives so you can get to the positives, right? So the first thing you do is you say, I really had to wrestle with this because, man, I know. I know I said I wasn't going to contact you for two weeks, but I have been thinking and thinking and blah, 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 and, and here's what I understand, and, and all of this, like, oh, my God, you know, like you are literally sent from heaven above to deepen my heart beyond uh, its current crusty ice skating rig surface, right? And so whatever it is that you're going to put in, but all you have to do is acknowledge that you're acknowledge changing it. the deal, right? And that, that way she knows, because her first concern is being like, hey, man, he's going to contact me. I'm contacting you. I know, like I said, I wasn't going to, but here's why I think it's so important. Okay. And then you've got to, you know... You've got to just need someone, man, because the way that the woman feels secure is not just that you know her, but that you need her. Okay. You need her, right? It's back to the Jordan Peterson thing. Between. He needs her, and she needs him. And I have a feeling that you, because you've said a couple of times, and I know it was earlier on, but still only a month, right? You know, oh, I could let it go. You know, I could take it or leave it. It was just some woman on a dating site. And I was like, come on, man. Don't dump well, that, that guy. Just no. Just at, at this at this point, I I don't feel like that. That that was back when I barely exchanged that many messages with her. But I at get this it. Point, I get it. But it's still only a month. Right? So yeah. I'm just saying. You know, it's funny. You know, because it's interesting. It's an interesting challenge to say you need someone without being needy. Right, and that's you know, topic for another time. Something to mull over. Right, to say you need someone without being needy. If you need someone without being needy, that's a great tribute. If you need someone because you're needy, that's kind of like an insult, like you're just grabbing at them because you're drowning in that piece of wood or something like that, right? So that's, you know, your, your second assignment, young Skywalker, is, is, to, uh, uh, is, is to figure out how you can express to her that you really need her without seeming needy, without being needy, right? Yeah. I think I can manage it. All right. A useful conversation? 
Very, very much so. And I hope, I hope I was emotionally connected. I, I think maybe I, I had a little distance. But no, no. Listen, you, 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 the kind of guy you process things intellectually, and then they drop down like a boulder into the Mariana Trench. I get it. I get it. So no, they, I think you were just just perfect. Thank you, and and really thank you for taking the call, and especially going to Slate with me. Happy birthday! Oh, Seriously. thanks, man. I appreciate that. And you'll let me know what happens, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I will. All right. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Bye. Bye.